All right. And before we get into today's Miles Monday podcast with keyboardist Brandon Coleman, you know him from the West Coast get down playing with uh, Kamasi Washington, Miles Mosley, cats like that. Uh, just wanted to thank this month's sponsor. That would be Mr. Eric Baldwin. Eric, thank you so much uh, for making this show possible. If you too would like to become a monthly sponsor of this podcast, all you have to do is click the link in the show notes. You'll be well on your way. All right. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode with keyboardist Brandon Coleman. What's going on, Vince? Man, you always catch me like looking at my phone. I'm like, <laughs> it I happens fast, you. man. Live TV. BZM, BZM. What's happening, baby? Nothing much, man. Hello to you, Vince, and hello to everyone watching. I'm Brian Zimmerman, executive editor of Jazz's Magazine. This is my co-host, Vince Wilburn Jr. That'll be drummer extraordinaire Vince Wilburn Jr. and nephew of Miles Davis, Vince Wilburn Jr. And when he is here, when he's on screen, that can only mean one thing. It's Miles Monday, everyone. It is Miles Monday, our favorite day of the week, the day we celebrate all things Miles Davis. And uh, we are going to be joined today by a very special guest to help us do that. That would be Mr. Brandon Coleman. He is he's backstage kind of jamming out. He, so he must be listening to something good. But uh, I'm very excited to have this cat on the show today. Guys played with everybody. Guys played with Stanley Clark, Alicia Keys, Stevie Wonder, Boney James. I mean, it's probably easier to put a list together of who he hasn't played with. Um, but it's funny. Yeah. I was just we did a live stream the other day about West Coast jazz. Shit, I can't afford him anymore, B. I'm just blowing up. He's blowing up. I can't up. afford it. I can't He's afford blowing it. up. <laughs> we were doing a live stream about West Coast jazz, you know, then and now. And of course, this cat's name came up because you really can't talk about what's happened on the West Coast without Brandon Coleman and this kind of collective he belongs to, the West Coast Get Down. Um, they are really changing the shape of jazz, man. Um, and doing some amazing things out on the West Coast. You know, you recognize the names Kamasi Washington, Miles Mosley, Cameron Graves, who we had on the show. Um, the Bruner, big the time Bruner players brothers. out there. The Bruner brothers really doing their thing. And what I like about this group is, yes, there's obviously some fusion of jazz and other genres going on. And each person kind of pulls something new into the group. You know, so you can hear, like in Cameron's music, for example, um, some of the rock stuff, you know, and Kamasi, you could hear, obviously, the funk stuff. You know, Terrace brings that hip-hop vibe. What I like about Brandon's groove is I can hear, at least I can hear, and that earth, wind, and fire, that, that earth, wind, and fire vibe, you know, that cool in the gang vibe, some of that early Michael Jackson vibe. I love it, man. And that just gets right to me. Um, so, yeah, he, and of course, his most important credential for today is that he's a fan of Miles Davis. Uh, so, what, without further ado, Vince, why don't, why don't we bring this guy in? Man, I call him B. Cole. Let's bring in Brandon B. Coleman. Are you there? B. Brandon, there he is. Be cold. Be cold. He said, "Mouth." That made me. I, I got me excited, man. I got excited when I heard that. Well, we're excited for you to be here, man. Thank you so man. much. I appreciate that warm uh, introduction, man. It was it was a lot of love. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, absolutely deserved, man. I threw some influences out there. I mean, I kind of threw out the Earth, Wind, and Fire. I kind of threw out the Cool no, was, in the Gang. Is awesome. that legit? Is that what? legit? Earth, Wind, and Fire. You cool in the Gang. I wasn't expecting Cool in the Gang. That's a 
that's a you pulled out another one on that one, man. That's a, that's a punk. Well, it's man, I played your recent album, Resistance. And by the oh, yeah. way, everybody go out and buy this album right now, Resistance. Yeah. It is yeah. a groover yeah. for sure. Yeah. Beautiful album. Um, and it was making me move, man. <laughs> yeah, but you you know what? Once you think you have Brandon in a corner, he's gone. he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's gone, Jack. Something else happening. Man, quickly, you, you can't lock me up, man. You can't lock me down. You know? Come on, but yeah, you, you can't be a B. You can't be put in a in a in a box. No, no. absolutely not. Uh Miles Davis, case in point. I mean Hello. Hello. Yeah, absolutely. The only constant is evolution. And uh, you know. You certainly embody that, Brandon. It's but take funny. us back. I just saw. No, I'm just gonna tell you. I just saw a video of uh, uh, Bernie Orell like recently, and he was just talking about like his, uh, just you know how he approaches music. And mm -hmm. I was just like, man, this is the same shit that I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the same place. You know, you know. Essentially, he's just like, um, you know, just using music as a vessel and just kind of, yeah. you know, and, and incorporating whatever he hears, whatever he feels, and he's just kind of putting that out there versus looking at it as a. In, genre so i feel like that, right. that conceptually just kind of blew my mind i feel like that's exactly what music is about now you know? funny you say that brandon i yeah. met bernie miles and i were in london no yeah. in paris with uh bill laswell and um and we met bernie warrell right yeah and bernie walks up to miles and says you know he just bows and shakes miles hand shakes my hand he said hey miles i'm just trying to give do what do is do and Uncle Miles cracked up. Said, I'm yep. I'm, I just want to give due what due is due. And Uncle Miles busted. I'm cribbing that. Yeah. Bernie, Bernie, man, Bernie, Bernie hated to get put in a box too. Exactly. You know, exactly. and you know, getting pigeon, you know, get get like locked yeah. into. He, nah. he played it all. Nah. Yeah. Hey, 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 Brian, be Zim. We What's do. Up? We we used to play at a small place in Venice called House, right? Okay. And Brandon's approach, if I may say this, B, which you hear, his approach to standards, we would call like, you know, you know, standards. But 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 he always came at it another way, you know. So can you imagine Brandon, Kamasi, Ed Livingston sometimes, Miles came in sometimes, Miles Mosley played with us. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 um, um, all kind of cats, man, because yeah, yeah. the chairs were full. It, yeah. it was it was it was something forward something to look forward to, man. Because we could just escape. Yeah, you know, like I like absolutely Wayne, believe it, man. Like Wayne Shorter says, without a net, you know. Yeah, it must have been yeah. so exciting to kind of be at the beginning of the formation of this collective West Coast Get Town, you know, to see that happen in real time, Vince. Because oh, you know, man. you captured lightning, you know, you guys out there. It was like, you know, they, God put you all in the same place at the same time, and. uh they knew all the, if they knew all the you know what I mean. If 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 if, if Brandon couldn't make the hit, he'd <laughs> Cameron, if yeah. Cameron could make the hit, he'd hit somebody, you know, send some all the cats that they had sub for them, they were bad too. I was like, damn, where's this phone book? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's interesting about that gig? That gig, um, um uh, Vince only would allow me to play like the roads. He was like really into the roads vibe, he was digging the roads vibe. Okay. Okay. Reason, for whatever reason, I feel like playing that roads, especially playing standards, it kind of opened. It, you have to open up, especially when you yeah. don't have any keys used to a piano, you know. But I'm I'm gonna roads and I just got amplified sound is a whole different thing. So it's like I felt like that also tied into a lot of the creativity that we were 
able to explore because it wasn't like the conventional sounding jazz of what you're used to, and especially in the lounge kind of cocktail vibe. It was like, you know, so, you know, and I don't feel like I ever want to, you know, like if people call me for a gig, it's like, especially for some cocktail, it's like, you think it's a cocktail gig. For me, this is a gig. I'm playing. Man. Right. I'm playing the shit that I've been practicing. I'm playing. Right. Yeah. I'm here hey, for the gig, not the cocktails. You know, that was that was Miles. That my, that roast was owned by Miles. You know that. Remember yeah. we used to talk about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, oh, and yeah. Brand, yeah right. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. Awesome yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say that had a vibe, man. But you know, yeah. it really influenced uh, I feel like what what we created there and why that thing was so special. Because it's like you only, you know, I'm, I'm used to roads and clavinets and, yeah. and guitars and shit. He's like, no, no, we're gonna just play just the roads and we're gonna do standards. I'm like, oh, okay, well, okay, well, count it off. You gotta think you gotta outside the box a little bit. Oh, yeah. that's oh, that's too fast. He's it back. He's it back. There we go. <laughs> now, do you dig back through your Miles Davis archive and think, because he had some great roads players in his bands, obviously, of including course. Keith Jarrett. Didn't Keith Jarrett play some roads at some Keith point? Yeah. Chick Corea, Herbie yeah. Hancock. I mean, let's go. I mean, yeah. I mean, Joey DiFrancesco. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, shoot. Uh, what's, 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 what's the the Japanese the Japanese guy? Uh, uh, I mean, I can't think of his name. He's a bad boy, though. I, 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 uh, oh, Kayakagi. Kayakagi. There we go. Did Lyle Davis play with, um, with Miles? He wanted to. We we oh. asked him. You know, okay. Robert Irving III, Bobby. Girl, oh, come on, man. Also, oh, Miles. Miles was a fan of, of Lyle. Yeah, man. Yeah. Darren, Darren, and it Darren never Johnson. came together. Wow. Darren, Darren did the gig. John Beasley did the gig. Man, I, man, I just found out that too. I didn't even, I hadn't even realized that he passed. So I just, you know. Oh yeah, that was sad. Like within a couple of weeks, you know, oh, I've been yeah. uh, Lyle Mays. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that just slipped under the rug, you know. Yeah. That's, See, that's I, I saw, I saw him at at. Somebody was playing at UCLA. It was a, con I think it was Wayne. It was somebody. It was somebody, and and he gave me his number. He said, "Man, call me." We were talking in the lobby, of oh, yeah. the of the uh, of the uh, theater. Oh yeah. In UCLA, and and. Loud maze, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Him, people yeah. like him, and like Russell Ferrante. You know, it's kind of yeah, like yeah. underneath the radar. You got to really kind of. <laughs> yeah, but some brilliant cats. You're absolutely oh, yeah. right. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, and Brandon, we could talk, cause we've talked to Cameron a little bit about the formation of this group, you know, and how it kind of came through this after school project. Oh, yeah. I'd like to go even back farther and just kind of talk about, you know, I uh, yeah, I started. That, was, that was your after school group. I was the one who put together the whole group. Kamasi, wow, right. Um, uh, uh, miles, all of them. Yeah. I, oh, I, so that was coming through you. I'm just loving the way Vince is looking at me like, man, you ain't start that gun in. <laughs> you know, I'm, listening. I'm listening. It's, it, hey, I'm no, listening. No. <laughs> no, but no, but we, uh, man, we just, yeah, we would start, yeah, we started playing that like, this is the funny reason I say I started and this is documented. So there you go. Um, man, I, we started playing at a coffee shop in Lamert Park and it was for a poet. And like, I was the first person in the band. And, and slowly, like, the band members would, like, have other gigs. So slowly, I started bringing in cats. So one day, I brought in drummer Robert Miller. Next day, I was like, hey, man, you need a bass player? Okay, what about Steven Bruner? Steven came in the next week. And then uh, and then the horn player. So then I was like, what about this new Kamasi? I just met him, like, you know, a couple, couple weeks ago, man. He sounds pretty good. Now Kamasi's on the gig. So literally, that was the first time I feel like we all played. And we played every week with this poet. Well 
Was, that, was that Fish Street Dicks? Fish Street Dicks. Brandon the coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon yeah. Bowen is, is, is uh, yeah. Fish Street Dicks is the coffee shop, and Brandon Bowen is the spoken word uh, artist. Wow. Okay. Shout out to Brandon. Wow. Wow. And the, and the wow. reason why this wow. was so the reason why this was so uh, is so significant is because he would allow us to improvise. So he would say he would just throw out a word like he'd be like, so this is what we're going to be turn around to us it, like on stage. We didn't ever rehearse. He'd be like, OK, right here. This is little shoes. So just think about people with little feet. And we like I'm looking at Stephen. He's like, I'm looking to my seat. My seat looking at the, another motherfucker with little feet. I was like, OK, what we're going to do. So from there, that that really kind of um, started how we like, you know, how, you know, how, how we write and, and how we were like um, reacting. And I felt like that definitely um, changed the way we write music and the way we That's approach. Amazing, music. man, to get that poetic influence. We're improvising right on the spot, like for real improvising. Like, yeah. you know, so it was like, and doing that every week until the point where it was so big, it was so many people. Anyways, yeah, That's amazing, amazing, man. Yeah, That's, That's a very amazing. cool story. Amazing. And that's like your 10,000 hours right there. Because this is while you were in high school, right? This was high school. High school. Miles was yeah. in college. Yeah. yeah. But you, you know, Miles used to talk to musicians about colors. You know, sometimes it wasn't about chords. You know, it was like, think colors. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's deep. That's deep. I never knew that, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, he would throw all kind of stuff at us. He would, you know, he would just say something, you know, and he, or, or he, you know, sometimes he would, you know, give a little beat. You know, we would never do the beat because, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. I just fucked up. No, Brandon is great though, but he would like he would throw some old seventies beat, and we were all like, "Nigga, none of us is from the seventies. We don't, <laughs> we don't know no seventies shit." Like you know, but it kind of almost made us learn that shit right there. It was like, okay, that's our introduction to this. Almost. But but you know what, Brand? You yeah. know what? That is why you guys don't approach standards like standards. Right. You don't approach. You know, you you take you take you know the fund you know the cause of course. And what's supposed to go underneath, but y'all take it, you know, and that's fun for cats who are older than you guys, like myself, who play with you guys. I was like, oh shit, I gotta think of something to play. Is it man? Because when I listen to Miles, especially Miles's earlier group, when I listen to Herbie, uh, Wayne Shorter, Tony, and Ron, mm -hmm. I listen to them play, and the mm -hmm. way they play, like for instance, uh, you could take like like Autumn Leaves. Uh-huh. Everybody uh -huh. played that tune. Yeah. Right. I didn't play that tune in many a jam sessions all across yeah. the world. Mm -hmm. Vince, you know what I'm talking about. After after, mm -hmm. after the festivals, they got all the jam sessions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They played oh, that song yeah. so many times and so many keys. But it's like the way they approach that is so freeing that I felt like I felt like that's almost that's the lane that that's the lane that we operate from because that's kind of what we were doing in that coffee shop. We were learning how to not only like improvise, but improvise within our own lane. Mm. Mm. Not just mm. improvising, just throwing out shit. We're throwing out shit based on, based on me. I, now I'm learning. Okay, I gotta stay within this place because if I go here, Stephen is gonna be in there. If I go here, Kamasi is gonna be in there. Or if I go here, Cameron is gonna be in here. Because then by that time we had, we were doing two pianos. Cameron was playing this big, this old upright piano, and I was bringing in this little keyboard with speakers. Wow! It kept, it kept catching fire every week. <laughs> Like you can't make this shit up, man. Every week, <laughs> some smoke, and it was smoking. literally catching fire. Like literally, my aunt, I, they would start smelling shit. Stephen would just be like, "Yo, yo, look." I'm like, "Ah, oh, damn." Let me turn it off. Sorry, no keyboards for about two minutes. <laughs> oh man, but that explains it. Why wow, you guys are so wow, tight, man? Wow, the cohesion is wow. like you guys are mind reading. 
you know, and I love the story about this epic recording session where you, everybody was literally just recording everybody's album. Oh, you're talking about the session that Kamasi locked us in the studio for about <laughs> six weeks and wouldn't let us leave? Yeah, and, man. And, and didn't feed us? Uh, hey, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, come, I just say, he didn't feed us the way he just said. He said, Oh, I'm gonna call you, you're gonna come in, we're gonna have a good time, I'm gonna make sure it's well catered. And you think well catered, you're like, Okay, this is well catered, and you get there, and he got a few tacos, and a yeah, come on, hey, no, it was about six. He, he gave everybody about one taco. <laughs> No, one taco. It didn't even go to a taco. It was a taco. He gave everybody about one taco. No Nobody. Nobody. I'm just teasing. But you know what? When y'all were recording, remember how he used to? All of y'all would sub out because y'all were doing those records. Because 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 Kamasi would send Zane or you know send somebody like that, and then you would see should you and Cameron were working so I. Maybe get bees or somebody it's, like that. But all you guys were cutting at the same time. Cutting I remember missing like one week of those sessions because I, I was like, I'm going on vacation. I already had a vacation set to go to Honolulu. So I was like, man, you know, but that was, it was kind of like around the time when we did the studio. But we set it up where I just kind of only missed one week. But, uh, and that's the week that George Duke came in. So much shit happened that week. That's why I was so pissed that I missed that week. Wow. But, wow. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, no, no. Originally, so we got together and we just kind of met and figured out a system where we'd all bring our music in and all record each other's music, you know. And yeah. um, originally, I think we started doing like originally. I think the the setup was like, okay, Cameron's gonna do the first two hours, and then I'm gonna do two hours, and then Miles is gonna do two hours, and then Ryan is gonna do two hours. We tried that shit once, and it was hard. It was hilarious because it's like right when we got into it, you know, it was like we had to go on to the next tune. And it was like some Motown shit. The way once we got it going in and once we got the move and once we got like the sound going, it was just like once the sound was up, it was it was a wrap. We knew it. It yeah. was like, oh, everybody got hot shit. Yeah, yeah exactly, man. Every, everybody shit hot. It's just I mean, it's just it just and really that studio was amazing, too. We had uh, it was good sound there, too. And you and came you out want- of that session with like four or five records, right? Dude, I, I want to say about maybe a hundred and twenty songs we recorded between, and, and you all would approach each song differently. Each artist, like for Ryan, would be different from Kamasi from yours. Yeah, that's but, what I'm saying. Everybody had a different vibe, man. I mean, I mean, essentially, everybody would uh, produce their own music. Yeah, everybody kind of okay. came in and okay. produced, okay. and kind of, and that's the th- and that's the special part about this group. Everybody is song. Every, each one of us are songwriters. We're all songwriters, we're all producers. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, so it's like, we all kind of came in like, okay, well, there you go. This is kind of funny because I felt like a, cu- a couple of the tunes that I, I wrote, I wrote like the night before because I just, I I didn't know what to play. I was like, I don't know what, you know, it was, you know, and, and my and my session time wasn't like until later on the week, you know, when we first started. So I was like, I'm gonna just, uh, you know, just figure it out the day before. And I wrote a little chart, a couple charts and it worked perfect. <laughs> Nice man. Sometimes yeah. that's the way it works. Yeah. The midnight hour. Yeah. And that's so how long after that session did you was it before you started touring and really international touring, you know? See, Kamasi don't believe in breaks. This motherfucker <laughs> like to just work. He don't like to believe in no, he don't take no breaks. Yeah. He don't take no breaks. Kamasi is like, you know, you you know motherfuckers be running in the in the marathon. <laughs> You know, and he got people just waiting for the waters. Yeah. And he just water. runs right past it. He runs, you don't even take the water. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Kamasi is going on Gatorade from 1982. <laughs> Most people don't know Kamasi love Gatorade. I believe it. You gotta that, keep that, that energy up somehow, man. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so y'all be doing dates like James Brown, huh? In the famous flames. Uh, <laughs> no, man. No, we man, I think right after we did that record, you know, um every kind of everybody kind of went back to their perspective stuff. I went back okay. to start working with Babyface and I think I was playing with Shiggy Otis. I had a bunch of gigs, man. I was getting called for all kinds of stuff. I just was and you know, like always, I was just getting called for stuff, you know. And then Kamasi calls me and it's like, hey man. Got an opportunity. And I don't know if you ever heard Kamasi's like Kamasi got this Italian voice when he talked business. He talks real like he's like Godfather and shit. I'm like, hey man, do you got a motherfucker with a mandolin in the background? Can he can he at least stop so we can just talk? Cause I can't hear it over you talking. Anyways, Kamasi just was like, yo man, I, I need we about to go on tour, bro. And I was like, oh who who who, who we going who going on tour? He was like, hey, all of us. I was like, hey, man, you ain't being very specific. Who are you talking about? He was like, man, I'm talking about all of us. We all going on tour. We're going on Europe. We're going everywhere. And we and I need you. And I was like, okay, well. Well, damn it, okay, well, when we going? And then from there, that's it. it. Offer you couldn't refuse, man. I, I canceled all my work. Yeah. I had work with Donald Trump. I had work with, I'm joking, I didn't have no work with Donald Trump. <laughs> but I had work with, uh, I work no, I didn't have no work with <laughs> I had to work with everybody. I was working with Eddie Murphy. I was no, I was no. I was working. No, I had a lot of work. I had a lot of shit that I had to just push back because I saw what this was gonna be. Right, right. You knew. It's like it was like it kind of changed our lives. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it allowed us to be. It allowed us to like step away from being side musicians and kind of really step away, step into this artistry life. Right. And you know, and and in that artistry life, all that is is just being free. That's yeah, it. It's, Hey, Brand, it's, like, it's like the Blue Note days of Rudy Van Gelders. Everybody was cutting, you know. Yeah. Your date, another date, another date. You know, yeah. that, was, that was beautiful, man. And I mean, you had seen what your music was doing in, in Los Angeles, you know, your hometown and how it was blowing up. Were you surprised by the reception in, say, Europe, Japan? No, I and was surprised by Los Angeles. Oh, you were surprised? Oh, wow. Yes, yeah. I was surprised by here. Here surprised me because we've been playing this music for the last 20 years. Right, right. We play rerun. We didn't play rerun. We played rerun when rerun was around. Rerun used to come to the show, do the shit, pop, 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 lock, and the shit. That's how he came up with rerun. He was all this rerun. Brandon, 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 you got to tell them. You got to tell our folks who rerun is from what's happening, because they don't know. Who doesn't know? They don't know. I mean, you you know B, but I mean, some people might not know who was doing the dance. That's right. We know. You know, I know. Okay. Before well, our fans. Well, what, so what changed then? Because, I mean, I've heard stories, you know, back before it was really about to blow, before you, you cut this major session. I mean, clubs would be packed. You'd have lines around the block. No, no, that's true. That's true. But I, it's just, it's just, it's, you know, it was a it was a, a long period of time when yeah. we were music. And it seemed like, seemed like nobody in LA came Right, up, right. You know? And then there was a moment where I felt like maybe there was just, just a place where people were, receptive to this music, you know? Yeah, yeah. I had one girlfriend tell me, I remember one day, I'm not even gonna tell her name, but we were driving down, like we were driving to Malibu somewhere and I popped in some John Coltrane, yeah. you know? And she was just like, I just, this is so much. And I was like, yeah, you know that, y'all know what that means. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, what's too much? You know, she's like, it's just, it's just, 
you know, I just it's so the beach. I just want to. I was like, that's why I put it on. <laughs> this is, this is, I put on Dear Lord. Oh man! I know what Dear Lord is. That is the most peaceful song. Absolutely. It's like it's like it's just very fluid. So I was like, oh man, I put on the most beautiful thing. She wanted to hear exactly. And well, how, how did the day turn out, B? I, <laughs> it's not safe for TV, Vince. Come on. Oh no, it's safe. Melinda, come out here, girl. No, no, no. <laughs> Melinda, that's how you know I'm messing with. Her. Melinda, come out here, B. Come out here, Beatrice. <laughs> come out here, Doris. No, I'm fucking you know. Ain't no people I, named Doris. That's a good name. Doris is a good name. More people should be named Doris. I like Doris. Amen to that, man. I love old lady names. I like old names, man. Me too. Hey, uh, I have a daughter right. named Maxine, man. You don't have to Maxine. tell me. Yeah. I like Maxine. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. him. <laughs> no, I get it, man. And and that's but the reception of this music all over the world and and from all ages too. Because before you know, you guys are playing Coachella. You guys are playing Lollapalooza. What? I honestly, it didn't it didn't hit me until we got to Europe. Yeah. And I saw <clears throat> I saw how they perceived the music, and and how they perceived it, and how they received it. I was like, yeah. wow, they actually like this is. And then it's weird. It was like a weird thing. It was like, okay, once Europe loved it, once like our next gig from like our, like after we finished this European tour, like we did, went to New York and New York was cracking. Yeah. <laughs> New York is always cracking. So that's, you know, that's kind of a hard one. Right. Hang on a second. Oh, New York is calling me. Let me just oh, say right on, man. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brand. It's always nice. We could do that. Brand. <laughs> I don't know who that was. Once the music was released, it took a life of its own also, you know what I mean? Because you you all went to Europe and then worked your way back to the States, right? Is that what happened? We did a bunch, man. We did a bunch. Yeah. We did a bunch. You know, and it's okay. interesting too because the stuff that we were doing in the States wasn't like traditional jazz stuff, you know. We were right. like holding it up for DJs and doing mm. some of these festivals. Right. And I think that kind of catapulted us into a different place and how people perceived us in the states because okay. now it was like it wasn't looked at as like you know as whatever people associate jazz for whatever they associate that with it's like it wasn't looked at as that it was looked right. at as, hmm i've seen a saxophone before but i've never heard this before this is interesting mm -hmm. oh is that an upright bass doing synthesizer sounds yeah pretty superb yeah oh mr keyboard man pretty nice with all the things is this jazz <laughs> yep this is all Jazz, all absolutely. under, all under a fabric of jazz. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, young mm -hmm. listeners appreciate it, man. And credit to them for just being open eared. And you know, that's yeah. where I, that's where I caught uh, Kamasi, where I met him for the first time was Lala. So, or no, so, uh, the Pitchfork one in Chicago. Uh -huh. um, yeah. it, was a, it was a rock fest, you know. And you People guys were banging. People you guys were banging. Yeah. Let's talk a little Miles, man. And you yeah. know, kind of the first time you heard him. And how he, because again, I'm a trumpet player. I kind of see the world through trumpet players' eyes, you know. And obviously, Miles is a big influence. I'm curious how how he led you to, you know, various keyboard approaches, various keyboard schools, various keyboard sounds. So we start with Miles and branch off from there. Man, it's interesting, man. I think the first time, <laughs> the first time somebody hit me to Miles uh, was my brother. My brother mm -hmm. Marcus is a pianist as well. I was just like, man, I want to get into some bebop, you know. I, I, you know, I started off playing at church, so all I knew was like hymns and stuff, you know. Okay. And I was like, man, I want to learn some bebop. He was like, well, you gotta stop playing at church. And I was like, really? 
He's like, yeah, because he's like, you need to understand, you need to understand the the, the freedom on which jazz and the, and the rhythm of bop and how it swings. It's like it's right. different. Don't get me wrong; it's actually very relatable in some regards. But yeah, when you're really swinging, <laughs> you don't want to be thinking about no him. That's I'm just saying. You you know you want you know you want to understand the value of the language. So it's like that's what he was kind of trying to say. But um, yeah, and then he man he hit me to this record. Uh, he was like, check out. Bags Groove. Okay. Ha. Ha. That's like classic Bob. If anybody don't know that record, that's classic Bob, man. I, a lot of I tell people to start there. Actually, a lot of people. I mean, I love Kind of Blue as much as the next guy. When people oh, want to start with Miles Davis, I actually point him to. Ba I love Bags Groove. I mean, for that. I mean, this it, this is why this is so pivotal because it's like I felt like it was perfect perfect introduction to yes. introduce me to. Uh, to introduce me to a music that I hadn't really, I mean, I grew up listening to jazz, you know, well, you know, when I, when I was walking to school, I was listening to, Ch to Chick Corea. I thought everybody was listening to that. I didn't know nobody. I thought, I didn't know, I didn't know shit about Bone Thugs and Harmony. I was like, oh, okay. And I couldn't listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony in my house. We, we were only allowed to listen to jazz. Jazz, were your parents, um, jazz music. Were your parents musical jazz musicians or? No, my brother was just really strict. He was just uh -huh. like, you're not listening to any hip hop or any or anything from the street, whatever he called the street, you know. So it was it's, it's weird kind of navigating through like, you know, only listen to jazz and like gospel and having these jazz and strong gospel roots. And actually, and actually, I love film scores. So I used to like I used to love to look at the end of movies and just listen to this shit because it's only yeah. time I heard like that full like, oh, right. wow. You know, so I feel like all those influences kind of created me funny now. you say the film scores i could totally hear that in resistance man you got oh, some yeah. beautiful orchestrations in there i now that you mentioned that i oh. can absolutely hear that oh yeah i love john on williams. the new album yeah john williams and terrence blanchard those gotta be my one mm. still my favorite absolutely mm. it's a and good city too i got i can't leave here i can't even say any of quincy jones, <laughs> quincy jones too. yeah yeah and yeah. so how did miles lead you to you know some of your favorite keyboard players um, if that was the case, I mean, I don't know who was the kind of like the first. I'm gonna tell you, guy, you caught on to, you latched on to. My good friend Robert Miller. We were just finishing up a gig, and uh, he he had just bought this CD from Amoeba. He was like, "Man, just got this Miles CD." I was like, "What is it?" He was like, "That live at Club uh, at Club Nickel." I was like, hmm. he "Pops it in." It's the first time I ever heard Herbie Hancock. Yeah, like he exposed me to Herbie Hancock, and I was like, "Man, I gotta get this record." And from there. I mean, it was like, you know, I started like, <laughs> I went on a mission because I was like, oh man, so Miles played with all these different keyboard players? So I started buying all Miles records so I can listen to all these different keyboard players and hear how they played these different songs, especially like tunes like Autumn Leaves. It's like, it's interesting to hear how Herbie plays it versus Keith Jarrett or Chick Corea. And that's how I learned because I'm all self-taught. So I learned from comparing these things and then figuring out my own equations and putting them together and boom, you know? And really just learning the information because I didn't really want to learn how to play what he was playing. I was like, that's bullshit. Why do I want to play exactly what he's playing? You know, I want to learn. I want to learn the root behind it. And then I can do my own thing. And then you take your own shit, Herbie. I'll do my own shit with it. Yeah. Let's yeah. do some pop, if we could, some pop jazz theory here. Just break it down for our listeners. Like maybe compare one or two in a standard like Autumn Leaves. You know, how would a Herbie approach playing off of Miles Davis versus how would, you know, maybe a chick, um, you know, a, approach playing off of Miles. I know well, that's tough to do, but. 
I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, tough, but they they both got two different approaches to that. Yeah. I feel like Herbie. I mean, they both would probably go more abstract because yeah. it's like Miles kind of commands that naturally. So it's like you can't really, you know, you can't play no bullshit past you know something <laughs> in a in a realm that keeps it uh, that keeps that space open. You know, it keeps it open possibilities. You know, I feel like, man, it's interesting because when I listen to Miles play, you know, um, and I listen to what Herbie plays and I study to I study what they play. And I'm like. It's like it's almost like you can't really you can't really even talk about it. It's a, it's more of a heartbeat. It's a moment. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a synergy between them. That's 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 like that. You got to be in that room and you got to be in that thing with them to really kind of feel that. You know what I mean, otherwise, yeah. you know I mean? because it's like. I've noticed. I've noticed. I've I've gone to jam sessions around the world, and I've played like some amazing shit. And I've never played with these people. And I'm like, why? Why did Why did I just go and sit in 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 in, in Beria, Italy, at some little jam session? And why was that so amazing? And I had to. Well, you, I, you know, you know, B, it's funny you said that because Miles would not to cut you off, but Miles would say that certain musicians made him play different. You know, made yeah. him you know approach the horn, the trumpet different. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard Masi say that a lot too. He said Tony, Tony made him play different. You know, he said Max Roach used to make his lips bleed because they play so fast. He and Bird, you know, so a lot of drummers he would play. You know, play different under him that made him approach. You know, play phrasings with different. Right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. So when you, like like B Zim says, when you listen to Chick play under Miles or Keith Jarrett or Herbie, it's it's totally different. Three three different pianists. Right, 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 you know, and it's and it's kind of hard to like put in put into words, you know, what they're conveying because I feel like what they're yeah. conveying is the emotion that's kind of right. that was that's centered around that energy that they're creating. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I, you know, so I've never been the guy that been like, oh, that's a C major seven and that's a D flat thirteen with a sharp. Nine. It's like, fuck that, man. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. great. We, it's great to dissect it and know what it is. We should definitely do that. But it's like I don't want to play music that way. I want to play music. Yeah. I know what that is, and if I get to it, great. But it's a lot of shit that I'd like to attempt. And right. it's, you know, and the and chief I'll, thing is the connection, you know, between Herbie and Miles, and Herbie and Chick. Like the conversation is never one sided. Like the magic uh, is literally in the two things coming together. You know, man, the fact that Miles would play one or two notes and and create that space, you know, it's like I feel like. So many, you know, it's you know, it's every every blue moon, man. When cats do that, it makes me as a rhythm section player. It's like I have to step back and be like, okay, this is we have to allow this space because we don't, you know, he's trying to signal something. He's about to go somewhere else, and he's he's trying to create this space around this drone. So let's try to like, you know. So I feel like that's a very Miles thing, man. Holding those, totally. those tones, and he had that beautiful tone, you know. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. about the tone. Yeah, that's that, straight to your heart, man. Man, all the yeah. way. Tone, yeah. And, and, you know, you have yourself played with some trumpet legends, including we were talking about this uh, backstage a little bit beforehand, Roy Hargrove, um, yeah. you know, late, who late great. the late, great Roy Hargrove, just another cat who just, you know, influenced countless musicians, not just trumpet players and was like a mentor to so many people on the scene. Um, now, it, did was was Roy ever on Miles' radar? Like, did they? Do you know, Vince? I got a story uh, when they had the memorial for, for Roy at uh, in New York. Uh -huh. um, 
you know, after it kind of cleared out and people were just greeting, greeting Royal, Roy's mom, mm. you know, I, I uh, went up and gave her a hug and she said, um, she said, you know, my son loved Miles. Yeah. She said it just like that. Yeah. Wow. She said, you know, my son loved Miles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, I mean, <laughs> you know how, you know, when moms, you know, when moms say some yes. things. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's oh, real. It was, yeah, it was real. It was but, real. I mean, it's like you can you can feel Roy, you can feel Miles and Roy. Yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, man, yeah. And his love for playing, you know, Roy would play. Uh, man, play. I mean, man, I go ahead, go ahead, B. No, 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 you man, you saying it right? You saying it right? His, his love for playing was like, you know, I feel like it inspired all of us. Yeah, yeah. musicians, yeah. you know, because we're like looking up to this dude, like, oh man, he is still like. He's still very happy to be playing uh, uh, Blue Bossa right now. Like, he does not <laughs> give a fuck. Yeah. And he's playing the fuck out of it, too. Yeah, he, man. You know, and it's like, why, I think the first time I saw Roy do something like that, I was like, I had to, like, reassess that playing Blue Bossa now is the same. It, it has to be, the, it, it's got to be the dopest Blue Bossa every time I, got, I play it. Yeah, you know, that was I, his I, approach I, for sure. You know, in that approach, man, man, Roy always, man, he always loved going to jam sessions. I'm talking about right after stage, we'd just be flying to another jam session, man. And, and, met, and the moment they saw Roy, they would like, you know, they say when he'd come up, and I, you know, and I was just kind of starting too, so I didn't know a lot of tunes, but I knew a couple of tunes, but I didn't know all the standard standards. Like, you know, I knew a few, but I didn't know all the ones that he knew. You know, if you know Roy, Roy knows all those, all those ones. You know, no means yes, part two. You know, no, the way back of the real book. Yeah, right. Who came up with you know? Oh man, you don't know Dave Samo? Nah, brother. I didn't even know they did. He's like, oh, he had no joke. He kept writing. He had another little part that he was like, nah, I ain't finished. I'm put a little bam. You know, I saw, anyway. Hey, Brad, I, got, I got a question, Brad. <laughs> is approaching the piano and your keyboards. Is it different to play like with someone like Babyface as it is with Kamasi or another artist? You know, like you know what I mean. I never with, looked at myself as a piano player. Okay, dig that. Dig that. I, I looked at I look at myself as a musician. Musician first, right? Yeah. As artist, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I feel like you know, uh, Jay Z said something that, that kind of just resonated with me. He was just like, mm -hmm. he said, "There are no geniuses." He's like, "There's only like." There's only people who've tapped into that higher ability. And for that higher ability, they can, you know, uh, navigate through whatever they, they're trying to do, essentially. Okay. You know, okay. and I just, I, I feel like I understand that concept. So, mm -hmm. you know, you know, just even here, I'm just like, I, you know, I, I feel like whatever I kind of put my, you know, whatever I put, you know, whatever I put myself to, I, I just like do it. So piano was just one of those things. I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to play piano. And I learned how to play piano. You know, yeah. I think I'm gonna learn how to play guitar. I, now I know how to play guitar. You know what I mean? But, but you said I'm something. You, you said something about when you play the roads. Yeah. But when when you play the roads, B, I don't hear just the roads. I hear colors when you play. When you play, you know, it's funny you said that. You know, it, there was no electric acoustic piano. There was no synthesizer. But shit, man, when you play that roads the way you play it. Yeah. I, I didn't miss. I didn't miss the acoustic. I didn't miss the the, the the synthesizers. I didn't miss the clavinets. Nothing, because you don't hear it. You don't. You hear it a different way. I, I'm. I, and I, and it's and it's not like and it's not like I can't hear it like a piano player. Like I feel like I've gone through that place where yeah. I was a jazz piano player and I was playing all just 
the way everybody was playing, you know, and I'm like, yeah. I gotta, you know, it was like, man, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little thing uh, uh, that Stanley Clark told me, you know, uh, Ronald Bruner called me for a gig, like maybe, I don't know, 12 years ago, 10 years ago. It was, it was a while ago. And uh, just out of the blue, he was just like, man, you want to do a gig with Stanley? I was like, hell yeah, I want to do a gig with Stanley. I was like, yeah, I want to do a gig with Stanley. <laughs> I was excited. You know, he calls me for the gig. I get to, I get to the gig, you know, um, and we're kind of sound checking and Stanley it's like playing and he looks at me. He's like, and I can tell he wanted to tell me something, but he just, you know, was trying to figure out maybe when or how. And he was like, hey, hey, B, hey, B, you know, he, uh, and then uh, he passed me a solo on a song that I wasn't really expecting a solo on, you know, and I was kind of like looking through the chart, like kind of like, you know, and I was kinda really not necessarily fucking up, but I was kind of fucking up. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm like, I'm playing a. You know, I think it was like a C minor seven to like an A minor vibe. I'm playing a C sharp minor with a F. I'm playing some other shit, you know, trying to just figure out some cool shit. And he's just like, man, you know, and I'm really trying to be cool, you know. And, and Stanley's like, hey, 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 let's, let's play another song. Let's play something else. Let's play, uh, let's play this song. So we start playing this song, this other song. We start playing this other song. And I'm thinking I'm cool. And he's like, hey, man, hey, Brandon, when I pass it to you, I need you to, I need you to take the ball and run. I was like, he's like, man, he's like, he's like, I don't need a Herbie Hancock. He's like, if I want Herbie Hancock, I'll call Herbie Hancock. I wanted you. Yeah. He's like, so somehow you got to bring you out. And I was like, mm, mm. I'm like looking at Ronald. Ronald's like, yep. I don't. He's like, he's like, I don't know what he's talking about, but you better figure out how to do the shit. And I was like, God damn it, okay. So that just, and then he gave me some good advice. He was like, man, what you should do is. Get a trio. He said, like, get a trio and learn how to play with that. He's like, and just play with that trio. He's like, because that's going to force you to kind of have to be the center. Because when, you, when you're when a pianist right. in the trio, you have to lead the trio. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say you have to lead the trio, but you kind of have to lead the trio. Because you're taking all the solos, you're playing all the melodies, you are essentially carrying the fucking song. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You know, from that regard. So it's like, you know, that's what that taught me. <laughs> kind of kicked you out of side man mentality and like i mean yeah. it put me in a place of like man of hearing of finally yeah. being able to hear my own of you know of, or not even finally be able to hear it just finally have an opportunity to sit and be like okay brandon what do you want to play yeah well i can only imagine playing with a giant you know like stanley clark you know it's oh i've got to try to exactly sound like herbie i got to try to sound like chick but no you know the there's already a herbie there's already a chick and you got the best say, thing you could do. He, yeah. He he came up with chick. He came up with <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like he yeah. don't want to hear a motherfucker play like that. Right. You know, he wanna hear the he wanna hear the future. Yep. Hey, well shit, when you was playing Miles Fender Rhodes, you didn't play like Herbie or Keith Jerry. You played your shit then. Yeah, but that was much later though. That was later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, okay. That's okay. 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 was much earlier. That was like maybe it probably might be a little earlier, maybe even about 12, 15 years. It was a minute ago. No yeah. shit. It was like it it man, it got it definitely like jolted my like my creativity and yeah. um and changed my thinking, you know, about how and who I was when I got on stage, you know. It was like a less side man. But then right. that's the only flip side about that is, you know, what he didn't tell me is once you do that, you can't go back. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. You know, I tried to go back playing, doing two keyboard gigs. I don't think it was 
You can't do that. You can't go back to that. No. Right. No. You can't go back to program changes and doing dance and doing hits and shit. You can't go back to that. No. Once that is out of the bottle, man. You know how badly a horn player looks at you when you got a keyboard patch up? Uh, yeah. got a brass patch up? Oh, yeah, man. That's, no. I get it. I've been to those gigs. I said, that's what they're paying me for. Oh, yeah. oh especially trumpet players? Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trumpet players, I've seen trumpet players find me later on and be like, fucking I was playing the brass patch up. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, was, he's like, well, don't do that shit no more. I hate my it. My hit, man. That was and my left hit. After him, I was like, God damn, why did I was just wash my hands? Like, you see the trumpet player that's mad at me playing brass? You want to play this shit? Exactly. So, Brandon, man, what what is going on for you? What have you got coming up? What has been going on during these crazy times, man? What are you working on, dude? Um, absolutely no. no. I'm man, I'm doing a bunch, man. <laughs> No, man, I'm working on it's I'm working on a ton of shit. I don't know where to start. So I'm like, that's a loaded question for me. I'm you got talk. some you got a stream coming up soon? Got a couple streams? I am working on yes, I do. I have a stream with Brain Feeder coming up on cool. November 28th uh wow. for uh uh Mixcloud. It's gonna be pretty cool. With Fine right. Lotus and uh I think uh Salami St. Louis uh Salami yeah. Saint J- Joe Lewis, uh, Muhammad Ali, the third. No, Salami <laughs> Joe Lewis, Saint. Th- uh, God damn it, that's a hard word. That's it. Is it Salami Joe Lewis, right? Is there a saint in there? Maybe it's just Salami Joe Lewis. Yeah. You, got a thing, you got a thing going on tonight, too, right, B? Salami <laughs> Rose. You got something going on tonight, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some pre records. I'm doing some pre records right now. Um, I'm starting like a series with a few different musicians um, where. Man, I got some music I composed, and uh, we're gonna just like record them and just record them with some nice cameras and just kind of start a series, just a musical series. I wanted to kind of like, man, just really put some good frequencies out there, you know. And I people be hitting me up all the time asking me to like do something, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> also have a um, also have a record that um, I was gonna release this year, you know, before the COVID thing, mm-hmm. you know, and the COVID thing happened. Then I just, I don't know. I just, I was like, man, let's just wait till next year. You know, that's what I figured. You know, even though I've been seeing a lot of people release stuff, but um, it's jacked up because it's a, a beautiful record, man. I, yeah, I'm excited about it. I got a lot of people on it. A oh, lot right of people. On, man. Yeah. Really Everybody really from uh, Marcus Hodge. Uh, who else? Did I say Marcus Hodge. I think that's somebody else. Uh, Marcus Gilmore. Marcus Gilmore. Okay. okay. Marcus, yeah. yeah. Uh, ben Williams, I got on, on a couple. Got uh, who else? Keon, you know, I love him. Keon Harrell, yep. yeah, Keon Harrell, yeah. Uh, Kamasi is on a couple. I got, I mean, I got just. I, I wanted to use different rhythm sections too. So you know, I, you know, I worked a lot with Stanley Randolph, drummer, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and it's kind of like you know, I, man, I'm just trying to create a record. You know, the first record was my first attempt. This is my second attempt. I'm just trying to create a record. I feel like that encompasses like what I, like who I am. You know, and it's not necessarily just jazz. It's not just funk, and it's not just you know this you know uh, uh, um, classical side. It's like I feel like it's a, a, a myriad of all of them. So I tried to like uh, create a project that had everything, and I feel like this is probably the closest that I can come, that I can, <laughs> I can get to right now in terms of that. You know, I feel like 
feel like I hit all the marks, you know, mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, because I love scoring, you know, so I, you know, so I constantly like listening to like scoring for textures, you know, because I like those textures because I feel like they're more natural, you know, than some synthetic, you know, uh, aspect. So it's like I try to create that and bring that, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like, man, this record is, you know, uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working with the title. I think it's, um, what did I say? International. Oh, I think intellectual black space. I think that's what it's called. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right on, man. Can't wait to hear it, man. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's got, it's got some nice, you know, I, I got, I got like a, a moment of Motown. I got a moment of like miles, like a serious mm-hmm. moment of miles, you know, cause I was like, man, I didn't get a chance to do that the last record. You know, so I finally wrote some good music and went into the studio with some good guys. It was like, hey, we're only going to do like one pass at this. So a lot, of these, mm-hmm. a lot of these tapes are just, I'm like, I just want to capture this moment, right? Yeah. The way to do it. Yeah. The way to do it. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like we, we got that. We got some good stuff, you know? Very cool, yeah. man. In the meantime, people want to follow you. You're on Facebook, right? You're on uh... Facebook, yeah. uh, Instagram. Uh, yeah. They can follow me on uh, my my new only uh, only only fans page. No, I'm joking. I don't have only. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about not safe for work. Yeah. You can follow me on Pornhub. There oh, you no. go. <laughs> B Cole. B Cole. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, was that real? The thing that happened with Chris Como? Uh, not Chris Como, but like like you just see that thing with uh, John um, on CNN. Uh, I can't think of that. I can't think of that anchor that uh, that commentator. He was. He was doing something and like literally a porn tab showed up. It just and he just kind of got rid of like who's oh it's John King. I believe it, man. John I've King. seen it. I've seen it all before. I mean, guys tweeting out screenshots. Oh man. Stuff. Yeah. And dude, that poor uh Jeff Tubin, man. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, man. Tubin is gonna be a thing for here on out. He, don't he, be, he don't just, be caught Tubin. He just yeah, exactly. Just drop the Jeff. He's just Tubin. <laughs> I'm sorry. He he, yeah. he knows that. Every everywhere he goes is just gonna be tubing on it. <laughs> we keep it spicy. We keep it spicy on Miles Monday. Uh, Brandon, Brandon, hey man, this has been an absolute pleasure. One, the last question we ask all of our guests, man, as soon as we click off the cameras, you know, which how much cocaine have you done? Huh? No, nothing. <laughs> no, we don't ask that one. That's you know. That's private info. Um, that's, another, that's another show, B. That's another show. Exactly. That's exactly. After, after hours. <laughs> what that's my hours. <laughs> the Miles Monday after party? Yeah. <laughs> we get into a little everything, man. I, I'm just teasing, man. What? Uh, what? <laughs> this when I be doing coke. Not on Mondays. That's, um, back, that's backstage. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Scotch and soda. Right. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah. What Miles album are you going to be spinning tonight? What am I going to be spinning? Man, you know what? That's a good question. Evil Savad, maybe? I don't know. Maybe I might do Bitches Brew, man. I might okay. take some mushrooms and fucking just space out. Me and my yeah, cat. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, by the way, I, don't give cats mushrooms because they will fucking do some crazy. I'm joking. I don't give my cat mushrooms. <laughs> I, I play Jack Johnson. I play Yester Now. Check that out. Yester Now. Oh, that's a bad track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. What about man? It was one I was just um. That sketches of Spain. No, 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 no. It's man. I don't know. I might listen to. I might listen to uh, someday. My prince will come, man. Yeah, yeah. Classy. Yeah. Classy. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Classic. 
beautiful thing. Well, we <laughs> we will let you do it, man. Come on, man. That's classic, Miles. Be right cold. There. Be cold. But that cannonball and and or who is that? Is that uh is that Witten or is that uh is that Bill Evans? That's Witten Kelly, huh? He's Witten. I think that's, that's Witten. Yeah, man. But he ain't on the whole record though. He's on half of it. Is is it Winton? I think Winton is Marcus Miller's cousin too. That's what Marcus yep. said. Yeah. Winton's playing on half of it, and I think he's yeah. got Rick Garland on the other half. That's yeah. right. Because it definitely switches up. That's he right. out there shit. You'd be like, wait a minute, who? See, <laughs> and 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 because my seven that I know, who is that? Play, plays different. Huh? And, and they and they play different under Miles. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, no, of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Miles, yeah. man, it's deep because I, I'm sure Miles thought about those as colors, like. Everybody had yeah. their own color, you know? Yeah. Right, yeah. I, yeah. I can hear the way he played with Bill Evans and the way he played with Wynn Kelly. Wynn Kelly, man, I mean, man, you couldn't you couldn't really mess with Wynn Kelly on no bop. I'm sorry. No, no, you no, really no, mess no. with him on no bop. But the way that Bill Evans was allowed to flourish and the and how he flourished and the way the, he the did tone, it, The colors that he brought into it, you know, the shades. Of, it was, yeah. it was Different kind of exactly, yeah. it was a whole different type of shade that he just yeah. that he bought that it was that was that was special, you know. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful documentary on Bill Evans, too. Man, you gotta catch it, yeah. Yeah, it's on it's on it's on the internet, you know, on the internet, but it's yeah, still, I, I love yeah. this man, he's yeah. one of my favorites, yeah, one yeah. of Absolutely. my favorites, yeah, literally. So, very cool, Brandon. This has been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much. We'll be on the lookout for that new album in the meantime, you know, your current one resistance man it's a beautiful album people go buy it go buy it go spin it now's the time it's a thing it is a thing it's a thing all right brandon i'm gonna go get some coffee i'll see you hey, guys hey, B, we you know will I let you, you do your thing man huh? i love you b you know hey, i love you man respect okay, keep that mask on when you go outside don't do yeah. nothing crazy right peace or if you do don't get caught Oh, <laughs> that's what my grandpa used to say. All right, Brandon. So long, man. Oh, man. Vince, that was great, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. He's the cat. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for setting that up. A great conversation. Just a brilliant musician. Resistance, a great album. You know, I can't say enough, man. But uh, so thank you to Brandon Coleman again for stopping by Miles Monday. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for today's episode. Uh, you know, Brandon spoke a little bit about film scores, our new issue of jazz's magazine which is being mailed to subscribers right now is all about jazz and film so we're talking you know jazz documentaries we're talking jazz movies jazz film scores we have a long range interview with terrence blanchard in this issue um jazz musicians talking about their favorite film scores the favorite movies so check that out on jazzes.com uh in the meantime you know always check out milesdavis.com for what's going on there yeah we get somebody ralph said uh thanks for the branding interview oh thank you ralph thanks for tuning in yeah, yeah thanks hey, everybody for aaron yeah. simon rentner my friend simon yeah thanks for tuning beautiful, in everybody beautiful man yeah. be a beautiful be. beautiful beautiful monday absolutely man absolutely and many more to come follow us on facebook uh follow us on youtube subscribe to us on youtube hit that notification bell so that you know when we're going live uh these videos are happening exclusively on youtube now and uh yeah thanks for joining us and and for our, our listeners and our fans, you know, the people to tune in, B Zim and I, we're going to do a Miles package of right. merch. At some point, we'll announce it, and um, you know, every you know, see all the things in the back behind me. We got hoodies, we got posters. They could be yours. Behind me, it could be yours. <laughs> B, B Zim and I will let you know when. There you go. Ralph, all right. 
All right, Vince. Another successful Miles Monday in the books. Jeff, where's Jeff? Jeff? Jeff is backstage pulling the strings. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Zim. VW. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next week, everyone. Everybody, wear your mask. So long. Peace.